And we're back. You're listening to Lights, Camera, Cleveland. What? I'm Rob Alderman. No. With me as always, my stalwart traveling companion, the Hollywood Slinky. The heck you say. With us as always, AMC Mike. The heck I say. I always want to say the incomparable But AMC Mike. But we compare her to stuff all the time. We compare her to awesome. <laughs> That's true. That's like the nicest thing you've ever said. That is. I was waiting. She looked at you like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, but Slinky, you said something awesome, and now you're going to say something else because you pick a topic. Ready, go. <sighs> In 2013, Warner Brothers made a film called The Conjuring. It was based on a true story about a couple who moves their family into a dilapidated Rhode Island farmhouse and starts to discover strange things happen around it. Yeah. And uh, eventually they discover that you know, the whole area is steeped in this satanic haunting that, you know, then starts targeting them everywhere they go. And they have to, you know, fight this spectral menace. I like that spectral <laughs> menace. Um, but it's now 2015. Yes. And there is a lawsuit. Uh, and the lawsuit has been taken out uh, by the people who live in the actual house. Oh, I read about this. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie, The Conjuring, was supposedly, if you believe such things, it's Halloween. Uh, if you believe such things, this was based on a true story, a true haunting yeah. of a real farmhouse. Yep. The movie was not shot at the real farmhouse. Nope. They never give the address of the real farmhouse or anything like that. But fans of this movie have yep. researched the true story and then found out where the actual right. farmhouse was. And now uh, the people who live there can't take it anymore because they have people on their property nonstop trying to see the house where the conjuring happened. And well, so they have sued Warner Brothers. So my question to you um, is this. Wow. <sighs> What's what? with that? Well, I, I'm going to take us back. I'm going to take us back to The Conjuring, because if you recall, that's the movie that brought me back to horror movies. Right. And it was so terrifying, remember? And, and uh, an old friend of mine um, invited me to go see it in Chattanooga. Right. And it was such a different experience, because being in the movie theater in Chattanooga, it was packed full of people that wanted to be scared. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was even more scared. And I, I, w I was actually contemplating watching it again which that would be monumental for me like that that's to say i really liked the movie right if you remember it was and it was scary um but here's the thing i don't see how they can sue the 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 company the film company and here's why um if you'll recall one of the things that sort of makes it scary is it's based on the journals of the daughter of the couple that go in to, like, exercise the, the demons from the house. And they were very famous, enough that they've greenlit, like, two or three other movies that have to do with these people. And right. Like, like, it was so well documented. The Annabelle you know? and, yeah. Yeah, like, all these people, um, even skeptics, right, that didn't believe, because if you recall, like, the, the real-life couple, they were religious. So they actually believed, like, they were stopping these things with the power of God. And, like, even atheists and people like that who have studied these cases have said 
well, there's plenty of evidence. Something yeah. crazy was Some, going on. Something's and not then, right, right here. And then they would show up and then the something bad would leave, right? Yeah. Um, and so, like, it's all so well documented. The daughter, for years and years, like, kept all of their relics, you know, because there were some things that they deemed to be cursed that they, like, locked up yeah. away. And she kept all that stuff and um, wrote books about it that you can hop online. And, I mean, you know, their life is very ba- Basically, well this information has been out there for a long time. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, I well, just don't see... The family, this family, the Sutcliffe family, they bought the house in 1987. And they say that they never had any problems or any trouble until the movie came out. And now they're haunted by. Wait, <laughs> I believe that's probably now they're true. haunted yeah, yeah. by people who want to see this haunted house. Well, I believe that what they're saying is a fact. Nobody cared until the movie right. came out, right? But guess what? You bought a famous house. Yeah. Now you're mad because that because it caught up with you. How many people you think go by Amityville? You know how many people make trips to New yeah. Zealand to see the Hobbit place? Yeah, I mean yeah. it just it just is like it just is what it is, and and this is the thing. They maybe maybe they didn't think people were coming to visit back then, but like this woman's journals and stuff were so famous, you just hadn't noticed the people sneaking around on your property yet, right? Like, yeah. like well, this, this was a well a famous enough occurrence that they you made a movie into, about it. If you are into such things, yeah, you knew about it. You know, like yeah. this isn't yeah. The other the other interesting thing though is if let's let's say this goes to court, right? And the Sutcliffe family wins. What does this do to films based on true stories? It pretty much makes it... Well, it makes it very difficult for anyone to make a movie. Yeah, It certainly changes the approach to these things. It'll be very, very difficult for the Sutcliffe's to win for that reason alone. Because it's an unreasonable thing. Like, sell your house... Because you know what? At this point, some creepy, oh, yeah. some creepy multimillionaire guy who likes haunted houses. He wants it because he hopes he'll get haunted. Wait yeah. a minute. What if the the whatever was in the house is still there and was, you know, just staying still until all these people started showing up and he's now possessed the people in the house to sue Warner Brothers? <laughs> That's the new one. That's yeah. gonna be the new movie. Yeah, it's, it's a, but it's a um, Conjuring Two. See you in court. <laughs> right, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The new one is a is a legal thriller. Right. So John Grisham Ugh. is writing the writing the sequel. Yeah. Starring I know, but... Keanu Reeves. Whoa. <laughs> so that's a good one that you brought up because I've been wondering about that all week ever since that sort of surfaced. I've been thinking it's weird. Like I get it. Okay, you're not pleased, but suing. Now this is on you. Like, it's not like you bought the house and didn't know it was well, haunted, and in, right? And in particular, Warner Brothers didn't use images of the house, and they never gave the street address or anything like that. So it's not like... Yeah. I mean, people found out where it is not because of that. Right. right. They found out where it is because of the daughter's books. You know? The, yeah. the other thing that always amazes me is if I, personally, you know, if I lived in a house that was haunted by something evil like that. Yeah. Even if I left, wouldn't you burn it down? Well, like, I, I do live in a house with something evil like that that haunts me. Uh, <laughs> here we are. Yeah, yeah no, oh, we're back. And, and we're, we're back. back. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know, I, I do find this whole thing really interesting, though. But, I mean, like, what happens, I mean, what happens when, like, 
the people who own the Empire State Building start suing, you know, start suing because, you know, they're sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle, people won't stop going yeah. there to yeah. to look at it. I mean, it's, yeah, like, it's it gets up. silly. It gets yeah, ridiculous. I feel like it's just so unreasonable. Like, that's the weirdest thing. Like, we talk about how people get sued over unreasonable things all the time. Right. But when you look at it, like, not that many. I mean, when you think about, like, the millions of lawsuits, yes, of course unreasonable things happen, right? But not this. Like, a judge is going to throw this out so quick. He's not going to waste taxpayer money on this. Right. And there's part of me that says, you know, what we what we need to do is – what they need to do is just is take all this money that they're spending on a lawyer – and instead, build a ticket booth. Yeah, yeah. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. You know, t- you've got this awesome thing. Yeah. You know, or yeah, well, maybe not awesome. You have a house that other people think are yeah, awesome. And sell right. tickets. Sell tickets. Give a tour. Find yourself like a good ghost storyteller person. Yeah, and just have it during specific days, yeah. once a week or whatever. And yeah, yeah. run out the, uh, you know, run out a couple rooms in there and tell people like. Weird things have happened in here. What happens to you? Right, it's like that place in Chattanooga at the Reed House, right? There's like this room where people say on a specific yeah. day, um, at a specific time, if you're sleeping in the bed, you look up, you'll see that girl, right? It's really well documented. Yeah. Right? And and that thing is like booked five or six years ahead in advance. If you want to sleep in that bed on the right day, you can in like six years. Right. If you call them now. You know? So what do you, what do you think of that? You up to that? Yeah. You want to go to that room? I don't. <laughs> do you I, like haunted houses, Link? I, you know, not really. Do you? Can yeah, you? absolutely. I like. Here's the thing: is there's two kind. You know, the people who do haunted houses. Uh, I, I'm friends with the guy that runs the haunted house that's in Ruby Falls Cave. You know, that one's big. It's Todd. huge. It's becoming You're like the number one. It's, yeah, it's Todd it's Patton. On the, it's on the top ten list. Yeah, it's like scariest in the country. Yeah, I'm, I'm friends with him. Uh, I mean, I'm not like close friends with him, but I'm friends with him. For what um, reason? Like through what? Because he's also does he, he LARP? He, no, he's the he's also the guy behind Conuga. Uh, okay. And so that's right. that's how I know him. But um, but he. He and I had a conversation about scares once because he was like, how come I never see you at this, you know? And uh, and I was telling him, you know, the reason I, I don't go is because I don't – I like sc- atmospheric scares. Right. I don't enjoy someone jumping out of the darkness and going, ah! And right. uh, and and he he was telling me about how like in the – in the haunting business, because it's apparently quite quite a, yeah. a business, um, that that they they try to create the professionals try to create the atmospheric scares because the because anyone can jump out of the dark and yell right 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 and so they don't think of that as as high quality, um, but he says that they still do it a couple of times because they feel like if they don't, there are some types of people that would complain. I think it's true. I think a good mixture of the two is good. Yeah. I mean, you know, here in town even, you know, they started that one last year here in town. Yeah. And they put thousands of people through the door. And, like, I don't know if you remember the story, but, like, it was a couple of guys who had begun putting it on in their room. They were, like, a couple of actors. And they had begun turning their apartment into it. And word got around that they were putting, like, 2,000 people through the door right. <laughs> of their house. You know what? There, There is something really cool. I mean, it's so... Yeah. yeah, there there's something really cool about participating in something like that. Uh, uh, back in the day, uh, in Indiana, uh, 
my uh, gaming group. Girl, you so old. I'm so old. Um, we actually participated in a haunted hayride. Oh yeah. And dude, listen, the haunted hayride at Deep River Park in in mm-hmm. Indiana used to scare the crap out of me every year. Tell yeah. us, tell us about this haunted hayride. <laughs> Some of it felt like that. Uh, one year, <laughs> one year, very similar to this. Yeah, it was very similar. Uh, no, one year we did a, a creepy uh, Alice in Wonderland, like twisted Alice in Wonderland, and that was very fun because we had Alice standing at the very front, begging to get onto the hayride. With everyone, you know, please take me with, please don't leave me here. And then all of the creepy things started coming out of the woodwork, you know, from behind trees and stuff. And then the next year, this was actually my favorite one. We did a, a, it was a group of farmers all sitting around a bonfire. And, you know, they were all in their overalls and, you know, with straw in their mouth, chewing and stuff. And they're like, okay, well, the harvest is done. It's time to throw the scarecrows onto the bonfire. And then all the scarecrows came to life. Right. And uh, that was very cool because it was very, because uh, there was no jumping out. Right. Every, you know, all the scarecrows who were people were just hanging on their crosses and then would slowly start to move. And everybody on the hayride just would scream and it was awesome. Well, you know, years ago. There you go. There was no fade there at all. Back when we lived in Indiana, I don't know if Ryan would remember this, but I don't know. He's old. I'm gonna throw. A, I'm gonna throw a shout out to Yield Ken Dog, who used to be on this show. <laughs> I miss Ken Dog. I miss Ken Dog too. Years ago, uh, Ken Dog decided hey, our neighborhood in Northwest Indiana was well trick or treated. It was a the roads just lined up right. There were like two elementary schools pretty close and. You know, just lots of room and kids to be able to trick-or-treat and safe. So, Kenny, knowing that, like, you trick-or-treated in the neighborhood you lived at, it was not like here in Cleveland where you drive across town to trick-or-treat somewhere else. Right. Like there, you just trick-or-treated in your neighborhood. Yeah. So he put scarecrows out in the yard, like, a week or two before Mm -hmm. Halloween. So that everybody in the neighborhood would got get, used to it. Got used to driving by and seeing the scarecrows. So none of them noticed on Halloween night when there was an extra one. Right. Yeah. You know? And they would come by, and he would terrify them. Well, you know, and it was incredible. But, but I mean, they I, were terrified because they'd been seeing these things all week. Like they were, <laughs> they were completely comfortable walking up into well, our yard. And there's something about a scarecrow that, like, being from Indiana. We get how creepy they are. Like, I've talked about scarecrows down here in Tennessee, and everyone just goes, so? What? What's the big deal? And I'm like, cornfields are terrifying. Yeah, yeah cornfields I remember scary. when, uh, I don't know if you remember the very, the first of the two X-Files movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, there is a sequence in that movie where, where they get lost in a cornfield and are oh, yeah. running through oh, it. Yeah. And uh, I saw that movie when I lived in Los Angeles. <laughs> where there where there is no corn has never been corn and think... never shall be yeah. corn. And I kid you not, when that scene happened, <laughs> people in the theater were giggling. Right. Because it was so ridiculous. Like you're running through a field, you idiots. Yeah. Look around. It's okay. No, no. And it's like you guys don't understand. Like, you know, and, and then they come out and they've got the little cuts on their face, you know, because yeah. if you recall, I mean if you've ever run through a uh 
a cornfield. You know, the leaves are they're razors. You, you paper cut on them, and uh, and everyone was just like laughing. Oh, the plants attacked them, and it was like, guys, you've no idea. It was so funny. Yeah, you know, we had the the luxury growing up, I guess, of knowing that those cornfields never end. Right. You, know, you get lost in the cornfield in Indiana, it's forever. Yep. <laughs> there really isn't more than corn in Indiana. That's it. Well, I'll tell you this. Dusty's little girl, who, you know, is Rusty's age, um, she's in junior high now. Mm-hmm. And she is contemplating going to this one at Ruby Falls. And they were talking right. about it. Is Dusty going to take her? I, I guess. Or are you? I guess. I, I don't know if it'll be me or... I'm I mean, considering paying uh, Dusty to make you take her. Well... And then you have to bring... Wear one of those video cameras. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. Last year, I wanted to go to the one here in town because it's supposed to be really good. It's at the venue now, and, right? Yeah. And, you know, they practice and practice and they set that thing up like a month ahead of time. And right. They even had a soft open last week, you know, to... Like, let friends and family come through to give feedback. Like, it matters. You know, they really are trying to do it. I heard they're doing, like, a haunted a haunted circus this year. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, wow. I can tell you that last year was sort of a zombie theme. And all I remember was hearing through the community that it was terrifying because the actors were really giving it. Like, they were really doing a good job. And apparently there was, like, a big, huge group of girls from the university that went through it. They were just flipping out. Like, it was just the worst, you know? And when they got done, apparently, like, the zombies chased them all the way out of the building into their cars. Awesome. And, like, they, it was like a for real zompocalypse. I tell you, I, while I don't. I appreciate uh, that sort of artisan, I artisan don't, work. I don't enjoy going through them so much, but I'll tell you, I love working them. Do you? Yeah. Well, when I was growing up, you know, the scariest one that I could go to in Indiana when I was a kid was the one at Maryville High School. And people came from miles and miles around because they shut off half the high school and, you know, turned the entire thing, you know, turned all the lights off and really, really did it up there. And I used to go with my dad and he would get really upset. But dad liked to get scared. Yeah. And last year I couldn't find anyone to go with me. I went to, uh, when I I was growing up, the scariest one that I ever did was the, um, the Lemon, do you remember Lemon Lake Park? Oh my gosh, I was scared at the Lemon they, Lake. Lemon Lake one. used to do this haunt, the Haunted yes. Woods. Yeah, I went to the Haunted Woods at and, Lemon Lake. I yeah. didn't like that one either. Yeah, but that one was all about the jump out and go, yeah, ah. There, there was so much. Here's what I remember about Lemon Lake was, I remember that you pulled up and they had created a barrier that wouldn't have normally been there out of haystacks. Right. And you had to go through it. And you knew that like, and there were people sitting around enjoying and they had those big burn barrels out, which... You know, hadn't yet been made illegal by the EPA and, and stuff like that. <laughs> and people would just be sitting around, hanging out, listening to music in their cars. And what you knew was, okay, but in a minute, I go past those haystacks. And when I do, this, All bets is, are this is going to be horrifying. Yeah. That's what I remember. I remember, like, how everybody was laughing because they had been so scared. There was a an old mansion in northwest Indiana in Hammond, or Whiting, or Highland, or Highland, Highland, Hammond, Whiting, Griffith is all the same, and uh, but it was an old. It had at, at some point it was a. Um, oh, I wish I could remember. It, it was a. They called it a castle, though. The name of the place was like the something oh, castle. Oh gosh! And it was, uh, but 
Um, it had at some point been the botanical gardens. Like it was that big of a place. Yeah. And it was, it was like the haunted house in the area that you went I to. I remember that. You would literally, you would honestly. It was on the, it was on the side of the highway, right? right? It was right yeah. off the interstate. And you, it, the wait was yeah, over waiting, two hours. Yeah, the waiting line was forever. And over. I did that a couple of times. I may have done it at least once with you, I think. Um, Maybe. But the thing I remember about it was they specialized in atmosphere horror. They right. they actually would you know tell you nothing is going to jump out at you, and nothing did because everything they did was all about creep. Yep, it was all you know. Um, you would walk into a room and and sitting at the other side of the room, you know, on a on a stool in a cage, was like some kind of like creepy monster, and it would just stare at you, and you knew like. It wasn't going to jump out at you. It couldn't get you. It was in a cage. Yeah. It was but just you the had, worst. But you had to walk right past it to get through this room. <laughs> there was no way to get around it. And it would just stare at you. I mean, it was like, the, you know, and if you stood there and wouldn't go, like it would slowly raise its hand and then motion its finger for you to come here. You know, it was the yeah. worst. No, that's the you best. Know? Um, they had, at one point, there was a, it, it was like three floors too. And so there were parts where like, there were staircases where the lights were on. Cause you know, the, it was yeah not safe, but um, there was. Yeah. And didn't they have like, if you don't, you can exit. At here, each staircase yeah. you could get out. Yeah. But one of the floors, one of the, in one of the, the sections, they had like turned the whole thing into Egypt at night. And they had t- built these pyramids and things. I mean, like, but it was all encompassing. Like, it was a, it was the entire floor of the house was, was, was this. And so, like, they had hidden all of the walls behind, like, walls of pyramids and stuff. And then they had covered the floor in sand. Right. So it was like you were, and, and as you walked, sarcophaguses would just slowly creak open yeah. and mummies would just slowly get out and they would just walk past you no, and you had to go. You had to go all the way through, but they were there. I mean, it was the worst. It was so awesome, you know, but anyone can jump out and go, ah, you know, yeah. but that kind of stuff, that's, that's awesome. And that's what, that's what I like it. But I don't know what, I don't know what the Ruby Falls Haunted Canyons dude. It is in BuzzFeed's 19 terrifying haunted houses you should experience before you die. Right. Yeah, I mean, it ranks like top 10 in the nation all the time. Hold on, I'm going to look it up here. Uh, I'll tell you what it's rated. Which one? It's number four on the list. So number one is... Blackout. That's that one in New York. In New where York you're in and the, Los Angeles. Right, where you, you go in by yourself and you sit in a chair. And Is that can, where they can do anything they, they do want anything to? They can do anything they want to. I don't like that. I don't like that. Because I've seen, you know, like, because there's one in LA that I read about too that does the same thing. And, you know, they're like, and then they pour buckets of blood on you. And I'm like, whoa, no. So here's number two Haunted Hoochie. Yeah. At Dead Acres in Columbus, Ohio. Haunted. <laughs> under each one, it says, what makes it insane? What makes it insane is shooting demons with paintball guns, heavy metal music, and mind-blowing illusions. It's a <laughs> 50,000 square foot attraction filled with over 50 gory stunts similar to those seen on the Evil Dead. So, so you're... The, 
fighting the zombies? Apparently. That's pretty cool, actually. Number three, Eastern State Penitentiary. Now, we'll only go as far as number four, because that's ours, but... What makes it so insane? Unlike many of the haunted houses people visit for Halloween, the Eastern State Penitentiary is an actual defunct prison, home to criminals like Al Capone and their spirits. Once the last tour ends for the night, the prison turns into a startling haunted house where you can journey through all the cell blocks, including the infirmary and the labor areas. Now, here's number four. It says uh, Ruby Falls, number four. What makes it insane? Claustrophobics beware. At Ruby Falls, you are being chased by mutants over 200 feet underground in a haunted cave with only one way in and one way out. It's basically the movie The Descent, but in a haunted house. Bye. That's what it says. (laughs) I'm reading... So the scariest thing is that you have to go 26 stories down. I was reading... I just looked because you were talking about that haunted hoochie thing. And I just looked and according to their website, their uh, warning sign outside says that there you could experience risk of physical and emotional injury. <laughs> and one of their reviewers says you'll be touched, shoved, and probably have a chainsaw come in contact with your legs. <laughs> probably? Yeah. It's possible. How about how about no? How about that's not what Ryan was hoping for? Yeah. Anyway, so Ruby Falls, so your buddy does this. Right. So everyone should go to Ruby Falls. Yeah. Well, you know, some of these things are so scary that if you make it through, you get your money back. Well, I don't think you do. that happens at Ruby Falls because you have to go through. Right. You have no choice. Yeah, you have no choice. See, that's the other thing about Ruby Falls is there's no like... You're underground. Well, there's no... I mean, if you get halfway through and you're done... You're not done. There's no... There is no secret quick exit. Nope. That's it. Yeah, you, you gotta go through it. There's nothing. Ooh. There's nothing to do but go all the way. Yeah, forget that. Well, what? So there's big money in this. Huge money. Well, it's a they big did, industry anyway. The other night on uh, the other night on his Facebook, Todd oh, had said how many was it? It was almost three thousand people went through there the other night. It was more than that. I, really? It was more than that. So it, Todd has been. No, Todd. No, this Patton. is Todd Patton, the guy who runs oh. it. Okay. Yeah, he was. Well, hang on. I pull it up and look. Todd Patton. We're getting a pretty interesting show that has nothing to do about movies tonight. We're already thirty minutes into our podcast. We talk about a couple movies. (laughs) Every once in a while, you have to go on a tangent about Indiana and haunted houses. Well, yeah. So, but you're not afraid of any of these, AMC Mike. You like these? Oh yeah. No, I mean. Afraid, you know. I'm not saying I'm I, I'm never shaken, but I like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, like I I think it's very fun, you know. And I I mean, you know, maybe it's because I know, like, what I like to be afraid of is like vampires and werewolves. Well, and this year it's things. a werewolf theme. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, you know, like so you gotta go, go, right? I really would love to go. Ryan. I would. You um, and you two should go <laughs> and take Dusty's kid. <laughs> And videotape yourselves as you go Man, through. I, like, I promise you. I want to hear you scream like, like a girl. I, listen, it's like when I went to The Conjuring. I went wanting to be scared, and I was. And there's something wonderful when you come out and you're still alive. You know, right. when you've been that scared, it just feels great. They said uh, 2,285 oh. people. In one night. In yeah. one night. 
And they, he also said five. They they've been in the top ten list in the country for the last five years, and uh, um, they were number six apparently this year What's on the Rand, to go the Rand McNally list called it, the number. It six. is a little. It's, How it's much expensive. Money is it? Well, it's expensive, but but remember that um, uh, you have to remember that they made seventy grand in one night. Well, yes, but they also have to pay Ruby Falls. And they probably pay the actors. They they do pay the do actors. The, yeah, the actors do get paid. They get like something like they get like thirty or forty dollars a night or something. They don't get paid much, but if they are there every single night, like if they don't miss any nights, uh-huh. then they get like a two hundred dollar bonus. bonus or something. So well, when you're pulling in seventy grand a night, yeah, twenty six stories underground. Uh, number six on Rand McNally's Scariest in the Nation. Number four on BuzzFeed's wow. Top 19. Um, uh, located in a cave crawling with terrifying monsters. Uh, but their ticket price, I will tell you in just a moment, uh, is $23. Okay, so not quite as much as we thought. Yeah, it's actually it's 21 on Friday nights, 23 on Saturday, and 17 on Sunday and Thursday. So, um, hmm. but I mean, you know, at 20 bucks, uh, 20 bucks a pop though, that's still yeah. 40 grand. In yeah. Night. You know what I'm saying? So, and it runs for two months. It runs quite a while. Yeah. Cause it said started at the beginning of September. Yeah. Well, we are clearly in the wrong business. <laughs> so let's start a haunted house. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe Adam Lowe and his folks over at the venue, maybe they've got the right idea. Yeah, well, I hope it works out for them because they've put a lot of time and effort into yeah, well, it. Yeah, well, I don't know how. And I, I definitely want to go check it out this year. Yeah, so you're going to go to that I'll one. scream and cry. How, do you know I won't if... necessarily go to the Ruby Falls one, but I'm saying I, I would pro- I'll probably go check out Adam's. Okay, when are you going to go to Adam's? I don't know. We'll have to look and see. Well, we've only got a few days left. Oh, really? Well, yeah, Halloween is on Saturday. Oh, man. Well, and I got stuff. You got Friday. stuff. Maybe Saturday after everybody's trick or treated. Possibly. Maybe. Let me see. Let me see if that'll. Let work. me see if I can ditch my old man. Because <laughs> I tell you who's not going, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley. Ashley is actually hosting, you know, Sarah's birthday party tomorrow. Right. And it's the sweetest thing. So I'm. To- I'm not making fun of this. Yeah, I no, actually no. think it's really sweet. So is that what? But she's having a very special Halloween birthday party. And it's all treats, no tricks. So is that you know? It's like so it's while like they're super, enjoying that, the rest of us will be screaming and crying. Would you go through? Would you go through Adam Lowe's if if we went with if, you? You could be in between Rob and I. Will you go? We'll each hold a hand. Will Man. you go? Will you go? Will you go? Man, Slink? come on, Slink. Here's let me tell you why. I... Will. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst thing ever, right? Because now it's like you know I'm gonna just keep asking. Yeah, it's the 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 asylum quarantine haunt experience. <laughs> they have their own Facebook page. Aw. Yeah. Dude, we're giving Adam such a shout out right now. It says it's free if you bring a friend. Oh yeah? Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell him that we, we talked about it on the podcast. Maybe he'll give us all free tickets. Well, there you go. We'll give him a huge shout out. We'll publish it. 
We'll like take we'll, pictures we'll name of the podcast. Go to the venue. Oh, I don't like that. What are you? Oh yeah. Is that on their website? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Music boxes are creepy as shit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't understand why they are so popular. Like, cause it's never any music that's like doesn't make you like cringe. That is freaking me out right now. I hate what you just did. It's open 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. tomorrow. It's 10 bucks. Uh, no, it's 12 bucks tomorrow. Hold on, I'm gonna see if he'll call in. We'll put him on speaker. Hold <laughs> awesome. On. Listen Man, you guys suddenly, keep talking you're listening to Situation Normal. No, hey, hey. <laughs> I feel like at some point we became the other podcast that we uh, You know what? 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 What is this show if we can't enjoy Halloween together? There there you We've been yeah. doing this thing now for like four years. Hey, did you see, speaking of it's, Halloween, let's let's talk movie, Halloween movie for just a second. Okay. Did you guys see that the guy who directed The Nightmare Before Christmas finally, finally admitted in an interview that Nightmare Before Christmas is not a Christmas movie. It's a Halloween movie. This I, was a big deal. Why? Well, it was a big deal because people kind of casually argue about it all the time. Do you watch it in October or do you watch it in December? And they have asked the director of the film a few times which it is. You know, answer this question once and for all. And he always refused. And now that it's been, you know, 15 years or whatever... Uh, Tim Burton has said, okay, it's a Halloween movie. I, that just seems silly to me. Watch it when you want to watch I'll it. Tell you there's what, Christmas yeah, stuff, there's Halloween say, stuff. Here's my thing, is like, I think that's a little bit ridiculous in as much as like, it's such a wonderful Christmas movie. Like, we get to make that decision. Right. You know, like, I, I, I'll tell you the truth is, I watch it a couple times a year. Right. Around Halloween. It's... And around Christmas. It's definitely by holiday Yeah. Yeah. It you know, like, it swings yeah. both ways. It could be yeah. Halloween-y. And I mean, and the, be... and the parts of it that are Christmassy are beautiful. Wonder, like, like, one of the coolest things is, like, what if you were completely not Christmas-oriented? Right. And you came across this most wonderful thing. Well, and that's... What would be your reaction and to And that's it? Like, ultimately that's why so why he said it's a Halloween movie and not a Christmas movie. It, the, because it's from Jack's it's perspective. Not, yeah, he said it's not about Santa Claus experiencing Halloween for the first time. It's about the Halloween people experiencing Christmas right. for the right. first time. Well, he didn't answer... You know why? Because he's scaring people. Yeah. Oh, are they open right now? Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess. I mean, I would think they're open right now. Even if they're not open right now, he's still scaring people. Hey, yeah, that's true. Hey, saying, I'm gonna hey. put my phone Look, I can, on so that it dings if he. I can if tease he... him a little. He was harsh to me on the radio today. Was he? He wouldn't give me love. We gave you love. You did, and you said, "Why don't you throw a little love out to Ryan?" And he, and he said he doesn't need it. <laughs> did he? Yes, he did. I didn't remember that he said that. That's all right. Sorry, I'm sorry he did that. Too. It's all right. I didn't vote for him when he ran for office. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Ah, hey You're listening to Lights Camera Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if we don't do this now, we never will.
said he's, he said he's going to call shortly. Oh. That's All right. exciting. Well, before uh, before he calls in, then I guess why don't uh, why don't I hit you with some box office numbers? Hit me with those box office numbers. Number five, Hotel Transylvania two, bringing in eight point nine million dollars. It's been out for five weeks, bringing its five week total to hundred and forty eight million dollars. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, uh, AMC Mike and I saw it. It wasn't bad. Uh, they pull a punch right at the end that yeah. really, really disappointed us. But Really? Yeah. yeah. You know, they spend the whole movie preaching this one sort of... Uh, I say preaching. I don't really mean... but like It wasn't heavy preaching. It right. was kid but preaching. They, but they, they spend the whole movie making this one point. point you know, teaching this one lesson. Mm-hmm. And they walk right up to the moment where it's time for the main characters to see this lesson for themselves play into fruition. And then they don't do it. Hmm. And that was weird. Was so, weird. You think they're trying to make a statement? Like I think they took the easy way out. Yeah, I think it was just uh, we we just gonna do what'll make the kids giggle and no, and, uh, and they had written the rest of the plot kind of would have been much more difficult to have resolved had they not copped out. Yeah, but they could. But have. it still felt like a cop out. Yeah, All right, fair enough. Number four, the last witch hunter starring The Rock. $10.8 million. That was its first week out, and it made $10.8 million. The Rock's in that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't it The Rock? It is. I thought it was Vin Diesel. Or, oh, maybe it is Vin Diesel. Aren't they the same guy? No! They're so close. They are not! Huh. Weird. I thought they were. No. Nah, it's Vin Diesel. Yep. I'm glad it's Vin Diesel. Me too. I'm glad he's still time works. for him to do a thing. Yeah. He needs to stop playing D&D. Make some more movies. I don't know. So there. Number three, Bridge of Spies. $11.3 million in its uh, second week out, bringing its two-week total to $32.6 million. Wow. Tom Hanks still does that. It's not a lot of money. No, it isn't. Had a $40 million budget. It's been out two weeks. Still hasn't made it back. $40 million. Yeah. Hmm. And Spielberg, too. I'll be honest, though. You know what? The thing is, the movie... Is one of those movies where it looks good, but it doesn't look interesting. One of the yeah. worst things about it is that the trailers only go, this is tense, and doesn't tell you anything about right. what it is. Like, you can't go in there saying, I know what this is about enough to be interested. Yeah. You my, have to dig. My biggest problem with the trailer was that uh, it doesn't People answer don't the question. Dig. People don't want to dig. It, do, it doesn't answer the question, why does... An insurance salesman or whatever Tom Hanks is. He's not a government guy. Why does he have to go and not the U.S. government? And if they'd have told me that, it would have been the difference. But they don't, so I don't care. So it's a whole lot of bridge of math. I agree, dude. I think it's it's interesting how, like, we're like, people don't want to dig to find out what this movie is. But people will, like, dig through like archives and books to get the address of a haunted house. You know, no, I'm when just saying care? that's very, it's, yeah. it's interesting. Like, yeah. yeah. Number two, goosebumps, $15.5 million, bringing its two week total to 43.7. Yeah, Jack Black doing all right. It's only a little bit more than Bridge of Spies did in two weeks though. Yeah. I mean, like it's not fantastic money. Right. No, but it's a, you know, that's that's gonna be a hanger on though because it's, it's Jack a kids Black. it's a kids movie, yeah. But it's also a kids movie that a lot of 
like people our generation grew up with. So there's a little bit of nostalgia there. I wasn't a Goosebumps guy. But you knew kids that were. Yeah, I, you know, they weren't my thing. And I never let the boys read them because the few that I did see were a lot darker than I was expecting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they're pretty legit scary. Right. Like, right. for a kid. Like, they don't, they don't play out like um, kid scary. They're just scary. Yeah. Right. We're, we're debating on if we're going to take Dakota to go see it or not. Well... Yeah, but you know what? We were the just movie having looks, this conversation. The movie looks more childish than the yes. books. Yeah, the movie looks more childish than the books. The books routinely end with whoever the main character is dying. You know, that's like kind of one of the things. Is like a kid will go through a thing and it's an interesting story. And then it's like, and as I sunk to the bottom of the ocean with the skeleton's icy grip on my ankles, right. <laughs> I knew I'd never see my family again. And I'm just like... Yeah, that's exactly what'll give Rusty nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's different for Dakota because one of the cool things is, and I, I probably don't praise you guys for this enough out loud, and I, I should, especially because of where we live, um, in this part of the country. But like, I really think it's cool that you set her up to understand clearly the difference between fiction and real life, and what could really happen and what can't. Yeah, like she mm-hmm. she's not afraid of things that are supposed to just be fictionally scary, right? And I I really like that, you know. I I, I actually and and you know I I think I can say this without offending you. I hope I can after all these years of us being friends. But like you let her see a lot of stuff. I would not let the boys watch. Like, yeah. Right. The boys would not watch The Walking Dead or whatever, you know. Right. Well, the and zombie let's stuff. to be fair, and I know she likes that. We don't watch The Walking Dead with her anymore. Because at some point, at some point, she got to where um, she started to see the zombies were fine. She could understand zombies she aren't can't real. Understand bad people. She right? can't understand yeah. bad people. Well, yeah, and, and so, but when she was four, she, she didn't. She, she didn't. didn't get the human drama. She didn't understand the human drama, and so yeah. it was just they're fighting zombies. But now, now we don't watch Walking Dead yeah, with her you because you don't want her to see people like. Shooting each other in the back over food. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Or like shooting another f- person in the knee so that they get eaten by. Right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Although the, the, a real quick funny story about how we used to w- let her watch Walking Dead was she understood that it wasn't real, you know, and and stuff, and that was great. And then one time we went to uh, <laughs> we went to Conuga, and speaking of Conuga, I guess this is the Conuga show. Um, I'm cool with it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And and the the little kid that plays Coral was there. No. Yes, I'm sorry. You said Coral Stupid, and so like... Well, I said it the way yeah, they said it on the show. Well, you said... How I you dad? The, I used the proper pronunciation. Yeah. Coral! Carl. So, but anyway, the kid that plays Carl was there, and uh, and we suddenly realized that, like, if well, Carl was real... We, we told the her... Rest could be real. We told her he was going to be there, and she went, no, he's on TV. That's not real. That's not real. And, and so we went, oh, uh-oh. and so we spent the whole we spent the whole convention like avoiding him whenever we whenever we saw him coming, we'd hide her or distract her because if Carl was real, then zombies could be. And she was she was not ready for yeah, that. Yeah, she is now, but she wasn't at the time. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. So, but yeah, she's. Like when we watched we watched Jurassic all the Jurassic Park movies with her. In right, fact, yeah. she's so going as Chris Pratt this year. Like you know, for me, just now, and this isn't Rusty's been there for a while. Like Rusty hasn't watched all the Star Wars stuff. 
just to, because to be completely honest with you, he has not been that interesting. Like, Rusty is extremely um, dated. Like, 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 for him, he is up to speed with, like, the newest way movies are made and stuff like that. He's not really much about narrative. Whereas Riley is going to love Star Wars because he just loves a good story. Right. right? Um, so, like, Rusty will like the prequels. That's correct. Right, yeah. So we're getting ready to Star Wars at our house. We're 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 there now, and we're we're ready. But like back back to what I was saying, I you know I do I I in our society, I feel like there are people, and you know this, like, and we've we've had these experiences that let their kids watch stuff that they shouldn't watch, right? Horrible things, right? These horrible, and things. they don't prepare their children and, and to like, deal with what they're watching, and they yeah. like you know I, I gosh I I don't even know how to get I, I remember one time Rusty as a very young child was explaining something that was very explicit to me and I said where did you hear that and he told me it was from the kid across the street yeah and so I asked and the kid told me oh yeah I watched this movie with my mom right hey hold on we got Jay Adam Lowe here I'm gonna interrupt uh ladies and gentlemen we have Jay Adam Lowe on the phone with us now um, who, as you guys know, we've been talking about the uh, haunted house, the uh, carnival asylum, the carnival asylum, and he is the uh, proprietor of that. His business, the venue Creekside, is hosting that. Hey, Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Rob. I'm terrified, man. I don't do stuff like this. It's freaking <laughs> me out. <laughs> well, listen, man, we're just recording our we're recording our podcast tonight, and um, it kind of took a turn, and we've been talking a lot about haunted houses. Instead of movies, and um, and one thing that we've been talking about uh, over and over was just about how you've kind of gone out there and and really started up something new here in town, and uh, so we just want to talk to you about that for just a minute and let you promote it. You know, we're going to publish the show tonight and promote it out over the next couple of days. But like, we were not aware, I guess, that this is such big business. But I mean, can you tell us how many people do you have like showing up over there? Well, I mean, last year we passed about 1,000 through, and of course, you know, the venue Creekside is, hosts a number of events. Um, this just tends to be the season for the more spooky attractions, and uh, we've got some guys with a, a group called Asylum that uh, rent out the place, and they do a phenomenal job uh, just scaring the daylights out of people, and uh, of course, you know, our forte at the venue Creekside is, is high tech, and special effects so we worked with them for about two weeks to have the best in audio visual and special effects in the show and unlike a haunted house it's actually a show it's just a creepy show and it's <laughs> loaded with just tech and so i think all my little tech guys that do concerts and music and lights and all that fun stuff and we let them get real creative with these asylum guys and they uh they pull off something that has people running out and occasionally, uh, well, let's just say we have to clean up between sets. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Ryan's rethinking. Now, Carrie and I almost had Ryan convinced to come with us. And when you said that, like, he kind of made a funny face. But, like, um, Ryan, well, Ryan, I'm going to let you ask Adam some questions, Ryan, because Ryan's <laughs> got more questions here. Hold on. It's a simple question. Is this atmosphere horror or is it jump out of the darkness and yell rah horror? 
No, this is this is atmosphere. Um, the, the show that they put on has a storyline, and essentially you've been sucked into the story. And uh, it's it's got the boogaboo moments where things startle you, but it's not all startle elements. And uh, you know, I'm, I've probably not had this conversation before. I'm not one for scary things. I don't really do forklifts. I don't go to haunted houses or anything like that. So I really appreciate the effort these guys put into making it theatric. And uh, it really is kind of an experience. I mean, it's a 4D experience. Um, well, you don't, obviously, the past doesn't touch you, but there are elements of air and water and things like that that make it a 4D experience. That sounds really kind of pretty cool. Let, can I ask a little bit more of that without you, like, I don't want you to ruin anything and then, uh, you know... Carrie is actually our resident horror expert, so we'll let her kind of close it out. But, like, when you say it's a show, do I still walk through the thing like a haunted house? Or am I in there and seated and watching a thing? Like, what what is it so, like, our listeners know kind of what, what they're expecting and how they're, you know, kind of what they're going to get into? Obviously, without you ruining anything. Well, if you think about a traditional play or a show... You know, you would come in, stay stationary, and the set would change around you, correct? Right. With this one, you progressively move to the next set. So it has that kind of, you've got to progress through it element. And that's part of the fear, is actually having to take a step forward uh, into whatever's next. And um, so it is kind of progressive like that. But as it progresses from scene to scene, um, it kind of spells out a story. Uh, arguably, most people go, come out of it not even aware of the story they were just part of <laughs> because of just sheer terror that masks a, a deeper understanding. But once again, uh, here at the venue, you know, we've always prided ourselves on being a, a high-tech facility, and we pulled out some of the better stuff for, for this show. The guys with Asylum are, are quality guys. They really live and breathe this stuff, and it's, it's amazing to see them you know, do what how much do. how much time went into this? Uh, the bill's been going on for about three weeks. Okay, Carrie, you got anything? Um, what times is this going on? And uh, is it uh, Friday and Saturday, Sunday? Yeah, Friday and Saturday are the two final nights. Uh, it'll start. Well, the doors will swing at eight o'clock. They'll it'll open run till one a.m. Um, Usually that means we close the doors at 1 a.m. and we wind up running the final show around 2.30, um, depending on the crowd. But last year at Halloween, I think we finished at 3. Um, we, we were so backed out. So I encourage people to come early. What it, um, what it, what's the cost? What's the cost? Uh, it's $12 Friday and Saturday. Uh, tonight was our last budget night. And so it's going to be $12 the next two nights. Uh, that gets you the full experience. And for the folks who've already gone through last weekend, these guys are really good at adding new elements to the show. So if they go through again this weekend, they go through for $5. Okay, cool. So, like, if you've already gone through once, then you go through for 5 bucks. Yeah, to kind of see what's new and to see what changed. But uh, we have a cast of 17 people that they have in here pulling this off. Hey, ne- next year, can we come scare people with you? Uh, well, absolutely. Um, we actually had talked about um, the theme next year being uh, Cleveland Geekster Goes Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrifying. And I, in my mind, I had this, you 
and all of a sudden all of his joints were dislocated. <laughs> it's almost there. like that now in real life. It's like very similar. It's very very similar. Well, you know, you were talking about you were talking about how uh, the whole the one of the main features of this is progressing. You know, that fear of progressing and 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 stuff. And I I just thought that that was interesting. What with you being a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Adam, I, that house is called the Hillary Clinton White House, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the scariest, right? Uh, I don't know, but, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders, um, I don't know, he looks like an evil Muppet. Well, listen, Adam, thanks for being on the show with us. We've been talking about haunted houses now and not movies for almost an hour. We just really? got on the subject and like, I guess we did talk about movies for about five minutes, but... Thanks for uh, thanks for being on the show. We do want to encourage everybody here in Cleveland head on out to the venue Creekside um, for the uh, Asylum over, Carnival. Yeah, for the Asylum Carnival, go out there, pay your money local. Carn evil, dude. It's Carn evil. <laughs> pay your pay your money local to get a good scare for some from some from people here in our in our own hometown that are doing it right. Thanks for being on the show, man. Hey, thanks, Rob. Bye. <laughs> the carnival's so evil that it's carnival. It's carnival. Well, there we go, man. Now All we're right. we got this thing going on, dude. We just had our first call in her, man. And it looks. I mean, I didn't have my headphones on, but according to the waves on the computer, it looked like it took her a while. Well, we'll see. Well, the computer never lies. Not to us. Not That's to true. us. Not to us. No. Well, listen, man, we've been doing this for like an hour. What are we going to do now? Well, well wait, we haven't I'm finished. finishing the box office numbers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We didn't even finish that. Number one, The, Mar- <laughs> the Martian, bringing in $15.7 million. It's four-week total, $166.2 yeah. million. Dollars. That brings the box office numbers to an end. Uh, Have you guys seen it yet? No, no. I Have want you? to. No, and everybody just keeps saying how great it is. Man, let's try to go this week. I'm just you know, yeah, I don't you know. You want to try to go? I'm going to podcast the hell out of this thing. <laughs> I'm just well, saying. man, we we really have been podcasting for an hour now. I know. Well, you want a preview review? Let's preview review. And I then mean, we'll like, call I feel like night. we owe it to people to preview review. Well, that, yeah, that's why they listen well, to I'm the gonna show. Well, I'm going to say the thing. They don't so listen to the official. show for us. No, that's true. It's time for the preview review. That's right. This is the part of the show where we have scoured all the interwebs to find out everything about the movies that are coming out this weekend so that we could tell you whether or not you should see them or not. And we haven't seen them, but we can make these judgments because we are professionals and we watch the trailers. It's what we do. We watch the trailers and then we tell you what's up. That's right. So, um, first up is no whammies stop scouts <laughs> what no it was good because i recognized the music right I did too, actually, and i was doing I was that like... in my head so when you actually said no whammies stop i got really excited all right scouts guide to the apocalypse this is about three boy scouts who on the eve of their last camp out discover the true meaning of friendship as they attempt to save their town from a zombie outbreak this stars uh no one 
<laughs> what do you think, AMC Mike? I don't think it has to star anyone. It's going to be awesome. This is along the same lines as all of the Evil Dead in the ridiculous fighting zombie, fighting bad guy stuff, and it's going to be awesome. Well, there you go. So there. What do you think, Bravo? Well, this was my issue with this particular one is because it stars no one and it's written by no one and it's directed by no one. So I feel like this is one where some people had a good enough idea to get a movie made, but that it's not going to be good. And since, like, I don't love the genre enough, that's not enough for me. Have Have you ever seen the Evil Dead movies? Yeah, but I like the Evil Dead movies. Okay, I... For me, anyway. It feels enough like that to Yeah, you? it feels a lot. That, that ridiculous... I mean, the, the cat turns into a zombie, and they've got to right. fight it, and, you know, there's... Well, I, I love Evil Dead. I do love Evil Dead, but, man, you know, remember last time we talked about Evil Dead, we also talked about Bubba Hotep? Yeah. And how not good it is? Right. Even though, like, I was on the street team. Yeah. For that movie. My mom bought me a Bubba Hotep t-shirt that I still have, even though I can't wear it. Right. Right? And I think, man, Bubba Hotep. Then I try to watch Bubba Hotep. And it's a chore. I think Bubba Hotep is good once. Man, but Bubba it's a Hotep beast. might be good after a night of heavy drinking or something. I, I don't know. Oh, man. But it's rough. Anyway, I just feel like the Evil Dead movies are the exception, not the rule. And so, for me, I'm going to give it a hate. What about you? Um. Well, uh, this is direct, written and directed by Christopher Landon. Uh, his father, Michael Landon. Yes. Um, but here's the thing is, uh, you said that he's not done anything. He has done a little bit. This is kind of his first big directorial debut, but he is the guy who wrote Shia LaBeouf's movie Disturbia, which was pretty That was actually right. pretty that fun. Was pretty clever. He yeah. also wrote... Well, it's a remake, but yeah. He also wrote Paranormal Activity 2. Okay. And Paranormal Activity 3. Mm. And Paranormal Activity 4. Mm. And Paranormal Activity ah. 5. So he's made a lot of money. And Scout's Guide to the Apocalypse. <laughs> so, what, what I... I say all of this simply to put that he is in his genre. Yeah. Right. That's he is He is clearly in his element um, when he writes this. Now, having said that, though, I, my, my fear with it is that the, it all looks like the kind of high school humor jokes that old people think high schoolers still make. Right. And that's my problem with it, is it just seems a little bit like uh, it's trying to portray something that it's just not. Like, I don't think that they've captured uh, they've captured these kids well in the way it was written. And, I don't know, it just kind of looks like it's going to end up a lot of dumb I don't want to hate it. I don't want to hate no, it. No, I, I, I don't want to either. That, but let, me, let me put it this way. It's going to be potty humor. I could go in and love it, maybe, mm. if I was with the right people and it's better than what I think. I could go in and hate it if I'm with the wrong people and it's what I think. Does that make sense? Right. And I would never go by myself to that. So, like, you know, it's one of those things. Let me, let me put it this way. Have you ever been to a movie where, like, everybody that you're with is cool? So when I say with the wrong people, I don't mean people that don't. They're not cool people. But one, all it takes is one person to basically be like, this movie's not that good. And then it just, this experience sucks. Oh, you mean Dusty Strickland? I... I, that's not who I was thinking of specifically. What, what, 
but I mean, that'd be a good example. I, I mean, what movie did we see? We saw a movie. Was it a Harry Potter film? Maybe I think it was one of the Harry Potter. Where we all went and like sat in the front row and watched it, and it was all over. We were every single person in the row was like, "That was awesome." And then when it was his turn, he was like, "That was horrible." And it was just like, <laughs> yeah, like the the whole group went, Meh. right. Yeah. And I'm talking about, yeah. you know, when that happens during a movie, right? Like that's what I hate. So it just this just feels risky to me. Yeah. So it sounds like three hates. What? Uh, no, I like AMC it. AMC Mike went crazy for. Yeah, me. I know. I I outvoted you. No, you do not. All right, two hates and a great. Uh, next up, Bradley Cooper and Sienna Miller in Burnt. This is about a guy named Adam Jones who is a chef. That destroyed his career by taking too many drugs and being a diva. And then he cleans it up and goes to London to redeem himself by opening a top restaurant uh, in the hopes that he can gain three Michelin stars. Um, I'm going to go first. I, I just think that this looks boring. That's it. I hate it. AMC Mike, what about you? I think that it looks very rom com and uh-huh. um, I think sometimes the world needs some rom-com. That's right. And uh, and I like Bradley Cooper, and I'm going to grade it. Fair. Bradley Cooper, here, here's what I'm going to give it a grade, and I'm going to I'm giving it a grade on this this reason. I agree with you that like the world needs rom-com, but it needs good rom-com. Yeah. And they don't come around that often, and Bradley Cooper makes some of the best that there is. Yeah. And he's kind of in his element now. He's like doing the age a little bit gracefully thing. And this seems perfect. Like, there would have been a time not long ago where he would have been playing the, not the chef who burned out, did drugs, and has to make it back, but he would have been the young chef. That took his place. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so I like, I like to see that um, progression in him. Yeah. You know? I can't, next up, Grandpa Rolls. Yeah, pretty soon. Pretty soon. You know, not, not terribly soon, but this is Hollywood. (laughs) You know, like, it's, you turn 30 and you play grandpa in Hollywood. No, no. So. That's for women. By the way, have you seen... No, women men... women play grandma at 25. That's yeah, true. I was going to say, no, like, women, it's ridiculous. Like, have you you're seen... oh... Quick side note. Have you seen the trailers for Dirty Grandpa? With It, uh, it came across my feed today and I, I didn't watch it yet. With Zac Efron and... I just haven't had the chance yet. It's Zac Efron and um, uh, Robert De Niro. Yeah. And the whole time you watch it, okay, you'll don't get me wrong, you'll like it or you won't, you'll laugh or you won't, whatever, right? right? But the whole time you watch it, you will be trying to figure out who you feel more sorry for, Zac Efron <laughs> or Robert De Niro, because one of them or both of them perhaps should not be in this movie. Ooh. Great. Well, I can't wait. I can't. Yeah. I'll watch it as soon as right. I'll watch it while this is rendering. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, how like uh, Zac Efron can get away with that movie if he's in it with Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and probably De Niro can get away with it if he's in it with Seth Rogen. Right. But when, it, <laughs> but when Seth Rogen's not there. Oh, man. Seth Rogen's not there. The Rogen yeah. slash Chris Pratt factor. Right. You want to go a little bit dirty and gross? It's Rogen. You want to go a little bit more uh, shiny? It's Chris Pratt. Right. Mm, Chris Pratt. All right. So what did we end up then? Uh, I'm hate. giving it a great. You gave it a hate. And we gave it two greats. All right. Two greats and hate. Last up, our brand is Crisis. Uh, this is about an American woman who is well-versed in political campaigns, who goes to South America to help install a new leader, a new leader there. Um, she's trying to put a new El Presidente in. 
This one stars Sandra Bullock and Billy Bob Thornton. Um, Rob, I guess you're, you're I first. love it when Billy Bob is all knives, man. <laughs> uh, you know, there's like three Billy Bobs out there. Right. And he's actually quite good in all of those, but the one he's great in is this. This is the kind of role where Billy Bob is shows you why he's been around for so yeah. long. I'm going to say this. I don't think this movie is for everyone, but my job is to say whether I'm giving something a hate or great. I am in the PR business for a day job. I am up to speed on global news and like to read about it. And I happen to know for a fact from political campaigns we've run, uh, even just on the state level, right, just how difficult and insane... All of that sort of stuff is. So this is the kind of movie that I've heard was written by insiders, you know? Mm -hmm. And as a result, I think it will be interesting to me. I also think Sandra Bullock has more than proven herself over the last three years that she is not who we knew. And she is now Academy Award winning Sandra Bullock. Right. And it shows in this trailer. Like, they both look like absolute heavyweights. I've seen two different versions of the trailer. And I was like... Well, this thing's not going to get any happy feelies. Right. Right? Like, like you're not going to see this movie if you're, like, hoping to come out and feel good about the world or, you know, that everybody's getting along. This is definitely, like, House of Cards right. type stuff. Uh, but I'm going to give it a great because they're playing the roles that I like to see them play. It's just going to be a little bit more intense. You know, it's like you take a couple of really good things and mix them together, but they're both dense. You know, that's, like, what this looks like. It's Billy Bob at his densest and her and hers and uh but i will love it so i'm right. gonna i'm gonna give it a great amc mike i think that this movie everything that rob just said is absolutely true you know it, it looks super intense it looks like it's got all these really heavy factors you know if you know especially if you're interested in such things you know politics or, or pr yeah, or, uh, yeah all these things and you're you actually i didn't think of it until you said it but it does feel so much like house of cards right like yeah. i was like you know i was like what um and you know it looks great it's just not interesting to me personally but i think it's gonna be a good movie so i'm gonna grade it but i wouldn't want like if i had a choice i'd go watch the scouts guide to paco you know <laughs> but that's me <laughs> right, um, right right yeah, yeah you know yeah, but yeah, but yeah. i think it's gonna be a good movie so i'm gonna grade it I tell you, I struggled with trying to decide on this one because I fall right on the line. Like, there's part of me that really is very much, I mean, you know, like like you, Rob, like a day job is PR, like a, a lot of this. Yeah, and you've been involved in some dark stuff, too. Yeah, you know. I mean, and none of, of it we can talk about because right. of HIPAA restraints. <laughs> all, of, all, of, all of this stuff, um, all of this stuff, you know, looks familiar to me and interesting to me and uh, and then I see that it's directed by the guy who directed Pineapple Express and Your Highness. Really? <laughs> but, Are Pineapple, they just... but Pineapple Express is incredible. Yes, but it is nothing. <laughs> like, like, is the trailer a big fooled you? I don't know. Like, have they know. just taken all the, like, really intense parts of the movie and then in between they're giggling because they're smoking pot? I don't know. So... So I kind of, that, that worries me a little. And so I'm kind of riding the line on this one. But I think, I think in an effort to commiserate with fairness. <laughs> all right. 
since since you both since you had one firm full on great going to be great going to love it it's great and one great but not for me i'm going to give it the hate but i'm going to give it the hate but it's for me but i just don't i'm just hesitant enough i gave it the great but it's not for everyone right you're giving it the hate but it's it's for you yeah and but i think that for i i just have enough reservation that's that fair. I think I've got to, I've got to just barely hate it. I can't, I can't it. not. You know what? Part of this for me too is uh, we and we talked about this at uh, Zero Dark Thirty, right? Remember how like we kind of came out of that movie feeling like it wasn't that good, right? And particularly because of the praise, and then we looked at like the performances though, and we were like, "But holy cow, we saw something, mm-hmm. right?" Like it didn't make me feel good, but wow, right? Right. Like I cannot based at least if these trailers are the indication. I can't not watch Billy Bob and Sandra Bullock be opposed. <laughs> like they're both bringing a game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's something, you know, that, that it, they won't be there long. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Billy Bob, especially. Yeah. Like they won't be at this level of performance. It's kind of like when, uh, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson were both in true detective and everybody was like, well, that's weird. And right. then they were in true detective and people were like, well, we'll never see this again, ever, from either of these two, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like this could be their true detective. Like, when are they going to get to star against each other in a role that's like this? Right. You know what I mean? Like, true detective, they'll never do that again, right? I don't think I don't think this is going to happen again for Sandra Bullock or for, you know, because those, those kind of things, those kind of roles sort of went away with, uh, what's her name? Julia, what's her face with the big, huge smile? That did like Pelican Brief and did Julia Roberts, right? Like those roles for women have been gone now for so long. Right. And like to see this be there, these only exist in TV now. Yeah. Alpha female getting to really, really act opposite a male like that. Right. And Billy Bob is really totally cool with sharing screen time. He's not known as a diva. Right. And so like I think we're going to see the very best from the two of them. You know? Sorry, his name's Billy Bob. He can't be a diva. That's true. That is and he's true. Small, you know, I, I just I like the idea that they're they both now each have at least two Oscars under their belt, right? Yeah. She's got one for Gravity, and I think one for The Blind Side, or something. Yeah. Or something. You know, he's got one for side. Sling Blade and one for something else. I yeah. I think he might have been nominated for Best Supporting in the Apollo Thirteen. No, not yeah. Apollo Thirteen. Well, which one did he wear the braces and was a? I don't know. I don't know. He, I don't he was know. involved with NASA, but I'm sure he's a very accomplished actor. Yeah, well, he is. It, it's so anyway. That's my point. So there you go. Most people don't care. Most people are going to be like, "What do you mean? Like, why? Why did I watch this movie? It wasn't even about politics." <laughs> so I, I don't know. Most people are going to hate it, but I, I think it's going to be good. Well, there you have it. Uh, I guess we yeah, are now. It. Like we we did our thing tonight. Looks like this is the end. Yeah, we're here. Don't miss our next exciting episode. Well, yeah, whatever it's going to be. You've been listening to Lights Camera Cleveland. Well, until next time, I'm Robin. I love movies and haunted houses. I'm AMC Mike. I love movies. And I'm the Hollywood Slinky, and I love movies. Let's, Let's all, all love, love movies, movies together. together. What is this? It's goodbye music. It is goodbye music. But it's never had goodbye music before.
Goodbye.